Welcome to the Beyond Sugar Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Dame, holistic nutrition coach and speaker. Together, we'll be diving into much more than just another conversation around sugar addiction and nutrition. But more importantly, I'll be guiding you through the inner work and spiritual healing that lies at the root of your unhealthy habits with food. Let's dive in. Hey, hey everyone. Welcome back to another episode here. I'm your host, Danielle Dame, sugar freedom expert and somatic embodiment coach. And I am here to bring you another incredible interview with a brand new guest here on the podcast. Kira Barr is here joining us, helping have a deep dive conversation about skin health. And for those of you who have ever maybe been off of sugar, processed foods for a period of time, or maybe haven't yet, but are really resonate with struggling with skin issues on a day-to-day basis, whether it's acne, rosacea, um, skin tags, moles, you'll know that what we put in our body has a massive effect on our skin. And for anyone who's actually been off sugar, you'll know that your skin more often than not clears up. So there's a lot of factors here that Kira shares with us today that I'm so, so excited to introduce you to. And I absolutely love this conversation. I know you will too. And before we dive into it, I want to remind you, if you love this podcast and you want to give back and help me create even more incredible episodes in the coming months, please take a minute to leave a five-star review either on Apple or Spotify. It makes a huge difference for the show and helping me reach even more listeners. So thank you from the bottom of my heart to each and every one of you who have already done that and who are planning on doing that. It really deeply means the world to me. So who is Kira? Let me introduce Dr. Kira Barr blends science science with soul. As a certified trauma-trained somatic practitioner, breathwork guide, embodiment coach, and dual board certified integrative dermatologist who's empowering women around the world with the tools needed to help them experience the calm, control, and confidence in their own skin. She is also the host of Skinny Dipping Prescription Podcast and the creator of Somatic Skin Science. She's redefining skincare as the embodiment of our lived experience through a no BS conversation, straight up truths, and tangible, actionable advice. Her work has been featured in Mind Body Green, Better Homes and Gardens, Reader's Digest, Glamour, Self, Oprah Magazine, and so much more. And in today's chat, we go deep into what's really going on at the root of your skin issues, whether it's skin disease or skin blemishes, and what is the actual link between what's showing up on the surface of your skin and your nervous system. She also introduces us to the topic um, and this practice of skinny dipping when it comes to your actual skin health and inner healing. And she explains what this is when we get into that in the episode and what can actually shift in your life when you take on this skinny dipping approach and you actually start to understand what's going on under the surface that's manifesting externally on your skin. 
We then dive into the controversial topic of sunscreen. Uh, This was an impromptu question that I really wanted to dive in and hear Kira's thoughts and approaches on as someone who is a specialist in skin health. What are her thoughts on sunscreen and this debate of, is it toxic? Is it helpful? You know, and what are some of the factors we need to consider when actually looking for the right sunscreen? We also talk deeply about shame and anxiety and about really learning to love the skin that we're in as such a journey that she's been on and I've been on and we're all on as women. And we had a really beautiful conversation about understanding these inner work pieces that we talk about here on the podcast all the time and how that actually shows up in reference to your skin and what you're doing to try to prove yourself by looking a certain way. We have a lot of really great conversations and I'm just going to leave it at that and stop talking go ahead and play that episode for you right now, because I know that you are going to get so much out of this just like I did. So without further ado, here is that interview with Dr. Kira Barr. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode here on the Beyond Sugar Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Dame, and I'm being joined today by a very exciting guest. Kira is here joining us. How are you doing today, Kira? I'm doing well. Thank you. Good. Good. We were just having such a blast chatting before I hit record that we we, we almost forgot to hit record. And we're like, yeah. we, need, we need to hit record and have these conversations. <laughs> so hopefully some of that will come up. We're, we're just diving into geeking out about somatic work and, and nervous system and psychedelics and all the, the deep healing that uh, that you know, is, is here unfolding for all of us as an opportunity. And I'm so excited to have you here, Kira, because this topic around uh, what's actually going on inside our bodies coming out in our skin. We're having a skin-related conversation today and so much more is something we haven't talked about yet on the podcast. So I'm so excited to have you here. And I think a great place to start where I love to start with all new guests is for you to share your story. Um, I, I know that you have a journey through you know, getting into the work that you're doing today. So will you share that with our, with our audience? What, what inspired you to, to really get into this, especially this niche of, of skin health? Yeah. Um, such a great, it, I'll try and do my best to give the shortest version of this story because I thought I went to dermatology because I just couldn't make a decision. I loved medicine. I loved peds. I loved histology. I love surgery, all the things. And dermatology is an opportunity where you can do it all, right? It's like a kid in a candy store. But what I realized when my own health started falling apart about over a decade ago, um, I realized that I went into dermatology because I really never felt comfortable in my skin. Mm. And, you know, as a kid, I was made fun of for the two birthmarks, um, one on each side of my face. And as a young kid, like I had a lot, I learned at a very young age when kids call me coffee stained face, which is hilarious by the way, because they actually are cafe LA spots. So like, Translationally, they are cough stains, so kids wow. mean, but they were smart. Um, but I learned at a really young age that our skin could be a source of shame and embarrassment mm-hmm. and humiliation. And I figured out ways at a very young age to mask that with suntan, sunburn, all the things. I'm, I'm a brunette, but my dad's a redhead, so I burn really easily. Fast forward, lots of sun damage. 
um, lots of changing moles, ultimately having to diagnose myself with the very skin cancer that I had become an expert in diagnosing as an oncodermatologist, um, melanoma. And that kind of was my wake up call <laughs> that all the things that I thought I was doing right, um, were actually not right for me. The over, you know, the people pleasing, the overworking, the over exercising, all the things to check all the boxes of being a woman in our society. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really led me down this path of, you know, kind of a integrative functional medicine approach, mindfulness, um, somatics. What does it feel like to live in this skin of ours? And how is that perception and, and that experience? being now reflected on the outside. You know, your skin is a window to your nervous system. So I, I realize I love the science and I can geek out on it all day long. And I became a dermatopathologist because I loved the putting the pieces together, what skin looks like underneath the microscope, what is showing up on the surface and being able to tell the skin story. But I realized there's a much more profound story that we're telling with what shows up on our skin. And that is who we are, you know, the story that we're telling ourselves about our experience um, living in the skin of ours. So that's kind of how I wound up here. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Wow. I know that there's so much more to that story and there's just not time for it, right? And (laughs) yeah, that's really, I bet, I bet everybody listening, I bet you didn't see that going there, right? Because when we start to have this conversation about skin, like, okay, what creams should I use? What, what should I put on my face? Right. And we, we do, we spend our whole lives. I mean, I've never been one of those types of women that love to wear a lot of makeup and I'm a very like down to earth. I'm, I'm impressed that I'm wearing a little bit of mascara today. Like, um, but that is really our culture. It's like just almost hiding ourselves, right. Or be exactly like you said, being ashamed of, you know, the complexion of our skin or spots on our skin or, especially when it comes to the face, you know, and what we're putting out in the world, right. And kind of having this perception of it. So I really, yeah, I'm fascinated by and really love this approach of getting underneath the skin, right? And not just about what creams to put on to look 30 when you're 90, right? Like, um, and how to protect it and, and all those pieces. So what would you say, you know, when people, you know, anybody listening to this who maybe is struggling with some skin diseases or blemishes or or issues of the skin, either on the face or other places, you know, what do you see, you've kind of mentioned some of them as like the real root causes of that manifestation of what's coming out on the skin? You know, is it, is it physical? Is it psychological? Is it, you know, what are, what are all the things that are really lying under the surface that are causing, you know, these skin abnormalities or diseases? It is never just one thing. It is all the things. Yeah. Yeah. It's our physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. It's, it's, the, the, the whole of who we are that contributes. And I would offer that anyone struggling with acne, eczema, psoriasis, some of the big ones, alopecia, um, aging as an aging woman, right? We're supposed to be anti-aging. And thankfully the, the language around that is changing, but why would we want to be anti anything about ourselves? The, mess, the messages and the messaging that we've received as those of us socialized as women in the society is just BS and, and, and awful and so damaging. But I would say that, yes, we have been socialized to believe that what shows up on your skin is something to be fixed. It is a flaw. There's something wrong with you. You got to cover it up. I mean, the makeup is called cover up, right? It is not um, something that has gone wrong. I would 
invite people to consider that what is showing up on their skin is an invitation to understand what need you might have right now. What is going on with you? You know, dark circles under your eyes. Okay. Have you been sleeping? We know that sleep, beauty sleep is no job. Like it is real, right? Sleep is the time that you rejuvenate, you rest, you repair. It's when melatonin increases and cortisol decreases. And melatonin is one of the most potent antioxidants that our body produces. It is responsible for hair follicle um, health and and, uh, hair growth and DNA repair. So sleep is vitally important. Are those dark circles indicating that, you know, you need to pay a little more attention to your sleep hygiene? Um, or perhaps is it a food sensitivity or allergy? I mean, there's so many directions that you can go, but I would offer that what is showing up on your skin is an invitation to do what one of my mentors called your me search, right? Like what's happening in your life right now to get to know yourself better and just know that nothing has gone wrong. Your body's doing exactly what it thinks it needs to be doing to keep you safe, to keep you alive. And that is just manifesting itself on the surface. Yeah. Yeah, that's so powerful. I I wholeheartedly agree. I'm thinking of the exact parallels of everything that I talk about and work with my clients on our habits, right? And our patterns with food, our binging, our addictive behavior, Mm -hmm. right? Just being an external manifestation of whatever the heck is going on inside, right? And it's the same with the skin. And I think it's, correct me if I'm wrong, but I know for me, it was... only recently, I'd say in the last decade, that people started understanding that, you know, it used to be, you know, well, you have, um, you know, blemishes on your skin or acne, it must be what you're putting on your skin, right? Versus what's coming from the inside out, right? And now understanding that there's the hormonal aspect, uh, you know, for things like acne and, um, and even deeper layers of somatic stuff. Exactly. And I would, I would name that, um, sometimes it is still an outside in job. There's irritant contact dermatitis, allergic contact dermatitis. Are we exfoliating too much? You know, the 21 step skincare routine that you think that you need to buy, and then you're, you're overdoing it. Absolutely. It could be an outside in challenge. It could be an inside out and the inside out could be gut dysbiosis. It could be, you know, toxic overload, just our body not being able to process and assimilate. It could be that we are trying to um, buffer and numb out the discomfort that we don't want to feel, especially with regards to eating and um, those patterns of behavior. I know for myself, having struggled you know, I was more of the restrictor, right? I I wanted to um, control what I could control. And that was what went into my body um, because I thought I had to measure up to be Hmm. what society wanted me to be a certain size because I wasn't the blonde hair, blue eyed, you know, stereotypical, you know, it girl. I was the short frizzy hair, you know, like, so I had to figure out how to manipulate my physicality. Um, And that sucks. And yet I have such compassion for that younger version of myself because she was just doing what she thought she needed to do to feel loved, to belong. Mm. And that, you know, and so thankfully awareness leads to transformation and change and also compassion. But it's like, again, the things that show up in our lives, whether it's the habits that we have, what's visibly showing up, it's information and an invitation to maybe look at, is this still working for me? Yeah. 
Yeah. And isn't that just the missing link? You know, I see the exact parallels with this, the, the food stuff that I work on, right? It's really understanding and it's pausing to ask that question, right? Like, what is my body trying to tell me right now? Mm-hmm. Right? What is, you know, is it that I need sleep, right? Is it something else going what on? What am I really hungry for? Yeah. What am I really craving? What am I, right? what what am am I, I really <laughs> craving? Like, yeah, I'm sorry. Like that cookie and that chocolate is, there are times when that is exactly what I'm craving and that is hitting the spot. But oftentimes, right, it's it's not that. It's like, yeah. I just, I don't want to feel the discomfort I'm feeling right now. Or yeah. I just want to feel accepted. I just want to feel love. And I think this is the way I can show it because I, food is a reward. Mm-hmm. Food is a, yeah. you know, food can be love and food can also be um, pain. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. and then we get stuck in a cycle, right? Totally. Where... We're, we're eating the junk food or not nourishing ourselves and then we're gaining weight. Our skin is getting, you know, worse yes. and then we feel worse about ourselves. So we eat more of, of the junk because we're feeling guilty and ashamed and icky in our body and it becomes this cycle. I know I've been in that cycle before. So anyone listening who's in that, just absolutely no judgment. I mean, you're not part of the journey. Yeah. You're definitely not alone. Um, but it is interesting just to see that that link and bring awareness and shine light on on that cycle. Um, and again, that's where your skin comes into play, right? Because when we're in that cycle of not nourishing our bodies in the way that it needs to be nourished, it is going to show up in your skin. It may be delayed, yeah. But if you're noticing inflammation or puffiness, or you know, you're eating things that are shifting your your gut microbiome right things that you may you know you're not getting enough fiber not enough fat not enough protein and and maybe you're experiencing hair thinning hair loss or with metabolic issues i mean acanthosis nigricans where there's thickening and darkening of the skin in the skin folds those are telltale signs that your body is not functioning in its most optimal way so the skin gives you clues just like the messages from your body as well but your skin is this beautiful organ that sometimes it whispers that's why i named my book the skin whispers sometimes the messages it gives you are, are subtle whispers you know maybe you're getting a few more blemishes or a few more moles are popping up here and there but sometimes your skin is literally shouting at you right things are it is no joke like alopecia areata or you know like you're massive like breakouts and and you're really struggling and it doesn't always have to be that extreme but it's a matter of are you willing to heed the call are you willing to listen and have you know yeah. uh, and from a place of like you said non-judgment um just get curious from a place of curiosity like what it what is this yeah. what is this here to offer me yeah i love that um, I also love, I just, I was, I was checking out your Instagram and love what you're sharing over there. And I saw a quote that really resonated with me because again, very paralleled with what I share around sugar addiction, but you said that the quality of your complexion is a direct correlation to the state of your nervous system. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if you can speak a little bit more about that. I know we've kind of been talking, uh, uh, you know, a- around about that, about what's going on on the inside, but more specifically, you know, what does our nervous system actually have to do with our skin, right? And what's coming out on the outside. How does that actually work? What's the link there? It is an embryologic link. So your brain and your skin are derived from the same embryologic layer, the ectoderm. So there is a very intimate connection between the brain and the skin. There is a bi-directional communication all the time. So your brain sends signals, your skin has receptors, it receives them. So when we talk about, especially the stress and the stress response, so 
top down, we have the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis that's activated from stressors, real or perceived, right? Our whole exposome, like everything in our environment that can trigger our stress response. It stimulates a cascade of stress hormones, inflammatory signals that reach your skin. Yeah. But what most people don't appreciate is that your skin actually has its own HPA axis. So your skin is actually a target and a source of the stress response. So think about it from this perspective, right? I'm speaking to you right now and we're on, you know, camera and, and what have you. And, um, I didn't think I was nervous, but I'm a little bit nervous. My pits, my pits are a little sweaty. Yeah. Or like when you speak in front of a group, have you ever noticed that you get a little flush, your chest gets a little flushed, or maybe your cheeks get a little rosy or palms get a little sweaty. That is your brain and your skin communicating. It's happening all the time. It's happening all the time. So there's this very intimate, intricate connection. Yeah. Yeah. And for those who aren't familiar, right, this nervous system being our, our safety system. Exactly. That's really fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it is. And so when we talk about, you know, your skin, obviously it is a window and um, a reflection of everything happening beneath the surface. And because of that intimate link between the brain and the skin, your window can really be seen as, I mean, your skin can really be seen as a window to your nervous system. So when we talk about, um, yes, your autonomic nervous system, your automatic nervous system, right? There's your central nervous system, your brain, your spinal cord, and then there's your autonomic nervous system, sympathetic, parasympathetic response. That when you are, as you said, it's kind of like this personal safety surveillance system, right? And it's always searching for, for clues of danger and it's going to be activated when it feels like it's under threat or duress. It's going to trigger those stress hormones like cortisol and adrenaline and inflammatory uh, signaling. Cortisol, talk, we were talking about acne earlier. Cortisol directly stimulates your oil glands. It, um, you know, has a significant role in skin barrier function, making it more vulnerable. So it kind of breaks it down. Aging, Collagen, um, cortisol is like the enemy of collagen. So cortisol breaks collagen down and prevents its repair. So it contributes to fine lines, wrinkling, preventing wound healing. So um, stress in and of itself isn't a bad thing. But when we have ongoing stress, when we're always kind of living outside of what we call our window of capacity, our stress response is always chronically activated. And so you have all these hormones that are flooding your body and creating havoc. And that is what... The, the, the result of that is you're seeing it on your skin in many different ways. Yeah. Yeah. And then for most of you listening, probably also seeing that in your patterns with food, right? Yes. Reaching for sugar, trying to cope with the stress, right? Which just makes it worse. You know, it's again, that sort of double-edged sword. Yeah. It's fascinating. Um, okay. I want to talk about something else. I want to talk about this sign behind you. Oh, uh, people might not be able to read it, but I'm really fascinated because I love this. You talk a lot about going skinny dipping when it comes to your skin health, as well as your inner, inner healing journey. What does that mean? You know, obviously we think of skinny dipping, we think we're going swimming, right? We're not wearing our clothes and we're going for it, which is amazing probably for your skin as well. But, um, what do you mean when you talk about that in terms of skin health? Yeah, it's so funny. And the wallpaper behind me is like this naked wallpaper. And it was the first time that my um, uh, wallpaper installer, she actually called her mom. She's like, oh my God, I just had to install a nudie wallpaper. I've never done that before. I was like, all right. 
I'm excited to be your first. Um, I love it. So, you know, as dermatologists, right, we always had to get people naked in order to look at their skin and be able to teach people to, what to look for. As I mentioned, I was an oncodermatologist, so skin cancer is the most prevalent cancer in the United States, actually in Canada as well. And so, you know, it's it's something that is preventable for the most part. So you need to know to, how to look for the signs and symptoms of it, right? So getting people physically naked was something that I always had to do um, in my professional life. But what I realized, especially when my own health fell apart, is that we have to be open and willing to get naked mentally, emotionally, spiritually to see what is here for us. What is showing up in our life that might be holding us back from experiencing the greatest joy? Like what is creating our suffering um, and and what might we need to shed and exfoliate? What layers might need to fall away in order to reveal what's here for our highest self? So it's a process that I actually take people through to really help them increase their awareness of the layers that are here um, and what is serving them and what may no longer be serving them so they can move into the phase, kind of shed those layers to reveal what actually will serve them in the best way. Yeah. Wow. I love that. I love that, right? Because we do have layers. We've got the mask, the layers of the onion I always talk about, right? That especially... Mm -hmm. Yeah, and what I hear you saying in that is really getting raw and vulnerable, right? With yourself, uh, maybe with a trusted, safe person, um, and really getting into those those layers of what's really going on under the surface. Totally. Um, does part of that process in that journey that you take clients through eventually end up, because I, I know a, a lot of women are going to be terrified as soon as I say this, but naked in front of the mirror, like actually physically naked and uh, observing your full body and noticing, right? Obviously we have skin everywhere, not just our face, right? And really actually learning to map that out and, and maybe learning how to, like you said, you know, love the skin that you're in, which is, I know a journey that uh, I'm still working on. And I know every one of my listeners, if you're a woman struggles with this. So is that part of the journey as well? And do you notice a lot of people absolutely terrified to do that? Yeah. 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 Um, and by the way, I'm still on that journey too. We teach best what we need to learn the most. That is exactly why I do this work. Um, and it's never done, right? There's, there's always a, another layer there and I will name absolutely. So part, you know, that oncoderm part of me will never leave. Like I really want to protect people's health and well-being uh, from the outside in as well as the inside out. So teaching people what to look for, I always tell people to party in their birthday suit on the date of their birthday every single month because you are the one, just like a breast cancer exam, right? A breast exam, like you are going to be, you know your body better than anybody else. You are going to be able to notice when things are growing, changing, right? Or you have a uninvited guest that's standing out from your crowd. So part of the invitation is maybe just from a kind of clinical standpoint, like getting to know your skin, getting to know the skin that you're in. So you know when something's changing, you'll know when your skin is whispering or when it's shouting. And so it can be from a very neutral standpoint, like I have a body, I have skin, like this is an art, this is what is on my skin. I, I think it's very, um, it can be a very hard leap for many of us to be like, I fucking hate my wrinkles or my cellulite or my stretch marks to, I love myself. It's like, okay, that's not realistic. That's going to be really hard for a lot of us. So we take little baby steps. So part of the journey, um, is getting to know the skin you're in. And sometimes we begin from a place of 
This is what's here. This is, you know, getting to know your skin you're in from a, from a health standpoint, from a health safety standpoint. Um, and then we can more get into, oh, the, I, oftentimes it's an imitation of like the function, starting with the function mm-hmm. and form. And it's like, oh, these eye, you know, like women, right. Let's just look at eyelashes. For instance, a lot of women get eyelash extensions mm-hmm. and no, getting to know, like, what is your reason for that? What is your why? Right. Um, because a lot of this stuff is really expensive and you may or may not get the return on the investment you're looking for. But like our eyelashes, for instance, I may not have the length or the curl that I want, but these eyelashes protect my eyes so that I can see the sunrise and the sunsets and my kids smiles. Like if I can find a way like the positive, even if I don't love everything about it, it's a both and. So that's kind of the way that we approach like all aspects of our skin health um, and, and that skinny dipping process for those of us who aren't like able to just say, I, I accept all of me, right? It's okay that you're not ready to accept and you may not accept all the things, but is there a little bit more of you that is open to the possibility that you can love yourself a little bit more than you don't? Yeah. That's really beautiful. I love the way that you said that. And yeah, I think that's that's a really beautiful um, message as well as even starting out for those of you who are absolutely terrified to look at your naked body, right, is to kind of come at it with a clinical lens, being like, I'm just here to investigate the spots right. and to look at it, right? And not get all caught up in like the judgment piece, right? And kind of leave that aside and just kind of come in, put your scientist glasses on and be aware. And that's such a good reminder. I do not do that. Um, I have I have no problem walking around naked and being at home in my birthday suit, which is so great. Uh, but actually taking the time to map it out, right? And pay attention because if we don't, like how will I know if there's a new mole? right? And a new something popping up. So that's a really good point. And I need to get better at that. So I appreciate the the reminder. Right. I mean, think about it. We go to the dentist, we go to the eye doctor, we go to our yeah. oncologist and what have you. I mean, checking out your skin, it needs to be done on a more regular basis, ideally once a month, because things yeah. do pop up, things do change. And your skin is such an amazing resource. It's it's always available. It's always showing itself. Like You'll be able to act yeah. pretty quickly if something... Um, you know, needs your attention. And that's not to say, I don't want anyone to, you know, like panic, like every, every little blemish, everything is a sign or a symptom. No, it's things that are kind of ongoing, you know, and, and things can happen. Right. So it's just yeah. an invitation again, just an invitation yeah. to do your quote unquote me search to get to know yourself better. Yeah. I love that word. I'm going to use me that. Too. I'm going to steal that. That's a good my, word. <laughs> my, when my so much more me search. Exactly. So what, what happens, you know, when, or what do you notice, right, with your clients and the people that you work with when they embrace the skinny dipping process? You know, what what shifts do you notice mm-hmm. um, in your clients' like lives, also the skin? You know, what is what does that process actually look like that people can sort of look forward to as they as they navigate that, getting raw and vulnerable and peeling the layers off? Yeah, and I mean, listen, this is not we don't like jump in the pool right away and strip it away. Like it is at the pace that feels right for you, meeting you where you're at, right? I think that's really important. And the biggest, you know, shifts that happen 
are, I have one client in particular in mind, she came to me because she thought she needed the creams and, you know, she was in her uh, late fifties and, and wanted to know what should she use to maintain her youthful appearance. She was wanted to start dating again and was waking up at two or three in the morning to do her workouts to, you know, because she wanted to whittle her waist so that she could look good to get on the dating site and, and all the things. And the biggest shift was understanding her why for that and coming at herself from a place of compassion and understanding that she was allowed to have her feelings, to feel the feelings that, you know, that she was using the exercise as a way to work. She thought if she was working them out, right? Um, Exercise is great, but not when we're using it against ourselves. So the biggest shift was she started to give up those two to three in the morning uh, workouts and find ways to move her body in a way that felt really good, improve her sleep, you know, acknowledge that she was enough just as she was, which was incredible. And she did wind up putting herself on the app and getting some dates and being able to have, this was the best part, discernment. She wasn't taking anyone, all comers. She was like, nope, you're not. Nope. Not for me. Not for me. I get to decide. I get to decide. And through that process, number one of sleeping more, owning her own worth, her skin did start to glow a little bit more. Did it get, you know, magically make the wrinkles go away? No, but she felt more and more comfortable in her skin. So her perception of her appearance started to shift. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's amazing. There are, you know, listen, we are aging. I've got my wrinkles. I already have the stretch marks. I've got the cellulite. I suppose I could do all sorts of procedures to try and minimize those, but I'm still not going to look like I did when I was 20. So I can decide on purpose that I'm going to find a way to love where I am at this stage of life, or at least be accepting of it, allow for it and enjoy my life, or I can reject myself, right? (laughs) And be miserable. Yeah. Yeah. And fight against yourself, right? Like it is this. Yeah. And I I have a lot of these conversations with my clients too, right? It's really uh, getting deep into our, our identity even, right? Because yeah, with like how much mental energy and time are we wasting, especially as women, with all this crap, all of this like trying to look a certain way, hair, eyelash extensions, creams, like surgeries, like all the stuff that we put ourselves through to look young, right? And we end up looking fake, you know, too much Botox or too much of all this stuff. And really just never fully accepting ourselves, right? And unfortunately, we live in a society that that supports that, right? That says we have to look a certain way or you're not accepted, you're not lovable, you're not worthy. And here we are and, you know, what you're doing and what I'm doing as well is, you know, really preaching and, and reminding everybody that you're, you know, just perfect as you are. Yeah. And how wonderful would it be if we lived in a culture that actually embraced aging? This is something too that we learn from like indigenous cultures or many current cultures around the world that actually put grandma on a pedestal. Like grandma is like worshipped and aging is a is actually like a gift and a reward of of like this now this wisdom keeper, right? It's it's they're really like revered as as a um, an icon in certain societies and we don't have that here we tuck our, our, our old 
older generation, we throw them in homes, we leave them alone, we kick them out of society, right? There's just so much that's backwards and then not actually embracing that aging process, right? Which is going to happen to all of us. So do you want to fight that the rest of your life? Like that's naturally happening, right? And waste your time and energy just constantly fighting against yourself, trying to resist the wrinkles that are coming, the gray hair that's coming, right? The sagging breasts that are coming, right? Um, You know, it just, it seems to me, it just seems so backwards and no judgment for anyone who's stuck in that, of course, but it's just some food for thought, you know, what, what really, what really matters, right? Mm-hmm. And, and noticing, like you said, the, the, re, the why, right? Why are we doing all of these things? Is it because we feel like we have to fill some sort of shoes or look a certain way to feel worthy or to be respected at work or to keep our partner happy, you know, and then starting to get honest about that can, can be really hard, right? It can be really hard to, to face some of those truths if you're in those cycles. Absolutely. And I also want to name that there is no judgment if you choose to invest in those things. I would be a hypocrite if I said, I don't use products or I haven't gotten Botox or I've got gray right now. I, this afternoon, I'm going to get my hair done, like full on. But I know I, I, I'm acknowledging where I still struggle with things and or part of it is like, I love where I am. Like I want to look the best that I can, feel the best that I can. And for me, like, that's coloring my hair right now, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so I, I'm not here to shame anyone or say like Botox is bad or procedures are bad. I just want people to do a little me search and, and get to know like, what is your why? Like you said, you know, Danny, like if you're doing this because you think that's how you'll get the relationship or you'll get further ahead in your career or you'll have some satisfaction, unfortunately, that's not how that works, right? It's kind of like, I feel great. I know I'm capable. I want my outside to match how I feel inside. Damn, that's money well spent. Money, that's a a return on investment that'll pay huge dividends. But if you're looking at it as like, if I do this, then I will feel that. Unfortunately, that is not, that usually doesn't work. And if it does, it's very short-lived. It's not sustainable. Right. So I just want people to be yeah. really intentional about where they're investing their time and their resources. Because again, you can maybe getting a facelift will last longer, but like the fillers and the Botox and like they're temporary measures and they are expensive um, and they can be mm-hmm. amazing results. But know your why first so that you feel yeah. really good about you know, the process and cause there is downtime and it doesn't always turn out the way, you know, like you can't guarantee results. And, and if you, it doesn't get the results that you wanted and it didn't accomplish, like, well now I'm not, you know, in a loving relationship, like we just got to figure out, right. we got to peel back the layers there to really look at what's, what's happening and yeah. how to get you exactly what you desire. Yeah. I'm so glad that you mentioned that because that's really important. Obviously for me, neither, no judgment. Um, I actually was thinking about getting eyelash extensions again. I've done them once before. Um, and I loved it. It was for me. And it was that, that why, like it wasn't for someone else. It wasn't to, to, it it was, there was no motive for someone else. It was just, I want to see what this looks like and try this on for me. And um, totally. It's so fun. I had my, yeah. yeah. Sorry to cut you off. 
No, that's okay. Yeah, it can be really fun, right? Um, and I think, yeah, I think that's just an important distinction, right? To not judge any of this, but just to be clear, are you doing it for you as an act of self-love uh, or are you doing it for someone else or right to get something? The word that comes up for me is expectations, right? Are you mm. expecting, you know, someone else to treat you a different way or yourself or are you expecting yourself to feel more worthy, right? Like, are there some expectations there that um, are based off of maybe an unhealthy perception of needing to look a certain way in order to be a value to society, right? And we all have that pattern in some way or another. And it can be a really tricky one to unravel. But yeah, I, I think that's really, um, yeah, really important. Okay, I have I have a controversial question I want to ask. Okay, you. this just came up. This I was not planning this, and we're talking about it. Obviously, we're talking about um, skin skin cancer and your journey through that. Um, this feels it's funny because this feels like it shouldn't be a controversial topic, but it seems like it is nowadays when we talk about sunscreen. Mm. Um, what are your thoughts on sunscreen? We've got like, and I, I haven't done a lot of research on this myself. I just know my intuition and, um, but coming from someone obviously who understands the skin a lot better than I do, um, what are your thoughts on this whole, and I don't know if you've seen the debate that's going on out there around like the chemicals and toxins and blocking vitamin D in our skin versus you know, preventing burns and skin cancer, right? Which is obviously important as well. Yeah, totally. Um, big topic. Uh, and there are definitely lots of um, important factors that go into making a decision. Here's, here's my perception perspective. From a professional standpoint, skin cancer is the most prevalent cancer in the United States and in Canada. There are more new cases of skin cancer than all other cancers combined. In the U.S., it's an $8 billion problem. Now, granted, that isn't as much as cardi like cardiac issues or diabetes, and but it's, it's, it's a significant um, cost. <laughs> yeah. And because it's on the skin and it's so visible, having skin cancer surgery and the scars and the, the worry and the fear, there's that. Sunscreen is really, when we look at it, it is a protection for UVB rays, the burning rays, and UVA rays, the aging rays that penetrate your window glass that don't change throughout the year. Um, and they penetrate deeper into the dermis. When you see an SPF of 30 or 50, that is really uh, addressing the UVB protection. So in order to know if you're getting protection from UVA and UVB, you need to look for a broad spectrum coverage. Now, the research that has been done is the vast majority of people only use like a quarter to maybe 50% of the recommended amount. So for your body, it's an ounce, like a shot glass worth of sunscreen that you're supposed to apply to your body, um, kind of a dollop in f for your face. Most people are not using that much. So you are not getting the full coverage anyway. So even if you were to use SPF 100, it blocks out 99% of UV, UVB rays. But here's the thing, no one uses it the way that it's supposed to. So you're still getting some sun exposure, even if you wear sunscreen. You are still able to generate vitamin D to a certain degree. Now, there's also latitude and longitude where you and I live. Right. Um, we are also in a place where we probably aren't getting enough, even if we were not wearing sunscreen, we still may not be getting enough exposure of UVB rays for our skin to generate the amount of vitamin D that has now been dis 
decided that it's optimally supportive for our mental health, for our bone health, for, for all the other things. So um, there is some interesting research that came out about like sunscreen doping and like the ingredients that they're using um, that, that actually can decrease the amount of coverage that you're actually getting. So for those people who are like, you know, I'm worried about my exposure, you're actually potentially getting some more exposure than you thought you were anyway. Um, and there is some research of looking at creating sunscreens that have vitamin D filters, right? So can we offer protection while still um, creating the the way for our bodies to get what it needs in order to create the vitamin D. It is very controversial. There is no perfect answer, but we do know that skin cancer is no joke. And given the sedentary kind of indoor lifestyles in terms of this idea of like UV hardening and being outdoors and being able to kind of create a base and and some protection, more uh, melanin uh, pigment and, and protection in your skin, we're just not living those types of lifestyles. We are sicker than ever, which means our immune systems are suppressed to be able to turn on or off the, you know, the the triggers for skin cancer formation. So whatever protection you can get, I always say it's an inside out job. Sleep, how you nourish your body with food and with self-care, um, moving your body that doesn't overtax your system, moving, it's kind of like Goldilocks. You don't want to over-exercise, you don't want to under-exercise, but you need enough to be you know, metabolically um, healthy and such. And then there's the outside stuff where you're wearing a broad brim hat, sunglasses, sun protective clothing, you know, seeking shade, and then there's sunscreen on the parts that um, don't that that are still exposed so it's a multifaceted approach i think that sunscreen is a great tool it's not perfect um i personally only use the mineral-based sunscreens zinc oxide titanium oxide i know that there's been controversy about that but when you look at all the studies those are at least and even the fda has has agreed they're you know generally recognized as safe and effective so the whole thing about the chemical sunscreens, the avobenzones, the oxybenzones, potentially messing with the coral reefs, but also avobenzone is like the biggest culprit for irritant contact dermatitis. Like my family in general, we can't use it because it right. may just break out in this horrible rash. So, and zinc oxide, I mean, I'm on my soapbox now, but like zinc <laughs> oxide, we use it on babies. On This is diaper cream, yeah? And so yeah. it's essentially, we use it on our babies less than six months old, but somehow sunscreen shouldn't be used um, below six months. But but here's the thing, like baby, we use it all the time. And from a marketing standpoint, you can use zinc oxide based sun protective products on your littles through your seniors, right? You don't have to buy multiple products. It's just marketing baby sunscreen versus it. So I always say like zinc oxide is the one I always go to. Um, and then you have to decide what feels most aligned for you. But the research is there that, you know, we know that um, skin cancer is a significant issue. Sunscreen can offer protection. Vast majority don't use enough. So you're still going to get some exposure to generate that vitamin D. And most of us are living in environments where we're not getting enough latitude, longitude in like our geographic location to get what we need anyway. So I will step off my box yeah. now. <laughs> Yeah, and then less likely to burn as well, right? Yes. Where where we are, and yeah, obviously. Thank you for sharing your your pieces on it. Um, it's something that I'm really fascinated about, and like full disclosure, have not done research on either end. You know, really just 
on my own understanding of chemicals, you know, really wanting to minimize putting chemicals in my body, totally. right? What we put on our skin goes into our bloodstream. Um, and, and also, you know, making sure that, you know, I'm not blocking myself from, from getting all the, the vitamin D, um, but I, I'm, I'm curious, one of my curiosities as you were talking there is, right, understanding, like, even as we're talking about cancer, right, the big scary C word, um, we actually just had the guest on the show, Dr. Nasha Winters, who oh, yeah. was deep diving into really the root causes of cancer, right? And I'm curious your thoughts on this, because I believe that, like, skin cancer is not necessarily the outside in fear that everyone has has preached for decades and is what about the the actual development of cancer from the inside out right knowing that if our mitochondria are not operating you know properly our metabolism's out of whack and we've got all like our metabolic health is totally a mess right this is a breeding ground for cancer in any form in the body so this like inner world that's going on um you know, being maybe a bigger player than getting a sunburn, right? Or maybe a bigger player. And and I would be, you know, I, I'm really curious just taking a step back too about like why this is becoming so much more of an issue, right? Same with diabetes and cancer and heart disease. And like, why is, we, we don't have more sun than we used to, right? We actually even have like more protection than we used to from an outside, you know, more sunscreens, more more people seeking shade or wearing long clothes or hats than we did before, yet skin cancer is getting worse. So that that to me just like intuitively is there's something going on inside with our absolutely toxic and horrible food industry right and the pharmaceutical industry and these things that are wreaking havoc on our our cells and our metabolic function and actually opening the gateway to cancer being developed from from you know these these areas so I don't know your thoughts on that. That was just a curiosity yeah, totally. I have. Is like, like that's where my mind goes. I'm like, nah, like something doesn't match up here with why is skin cancer getting worse when we have more protection than we ever have from the outside, totally. right? And what's actually going on inside for us that's cultivating that that cancer, right? And yeah. creating a um, breeding ground for it. Big fan of Dr. Winters, by the way. Um, and <laughs> yeah. so, you know, it, it goes back to that concept of the exposome, everything in our environment that can affect our, our overall health and well-being. So it is, um, you know, I, I use a framework with um, called our senses, you know, it's, it's relationship, it's stress, it's sleep, um, our environment. And it's not just our physical environment. It's, it's our visual environment, everything that we come in contact. Like for me, skincare is everything you think, feel, and do because mm-hmm. everything you think, feel, and do either impacts what shows up on your skin or how you feel in it. And we kind of started this conversation with the concept that your skin is a window to your nervous system. I recently presented at the American Academy of Dermatology um, and to the uh, Association of Psychocutaneous Medicine about stress, trauma, and the skin cancer life cycle. Yeah, we know, and it's not just skin cancer, it's breast cancer, it's all sorts of cancer that stress, chronic stress, and trauma. So there's a different, like stress is kind of like we, we, we it's a natural adaptation um, and trauma is when our system is overwhelmed. Our natural ability to adapt is overwhelmed. Um, and so when you look at the, the research on ourselves, we have these adrenergic receptors. So when our stress response is activated, there's release of cortisol and adrenaline. That adrenaline is binding to receptors on your cells that 
contribute to tumor formation, progression, metastasis. We also know that cortisol flips on um, these markers that can kind of turn off and on the signaling, promoting cancer. And this has been shown in squamous cell cancer, melanoma, and basal cell, basal cell being the most common. So we know that from the inside out, chronic activation of our stress response can play a significant role in the cancer life cycle, which is why the focus of my work is really supporting people through a somatic, a body-based approach of how to regulate this nervous system. How can we you know, leverage, not all stress is bad. How can we use stress to support us, right? Sympathetic response, that fight or flight. Sympathetic response is also listening to music, going towards, you know, like good things as well, sounds in nature, you know. Um, So teaching people how to better regulate their nervous system so that we can shut off some of these patterns that are not supporting our overall health and well-being, including this cancer biology that is driven by constant um, stress hormones and inflammatory cascade that, that follows suit because of it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for, for touching on that. Um, it sounds like obviously there's both things at play, everybody, right? There's oh, lots yeah. it's of never just one thing. Exactly. Never, never, you, never. You need all well, the this, things. This, yeah. <laughs> Same with food, right? And totally. our relationship with food and our addictive patterns, right? And we want it to just be one thing. Give me the blue pill, right? That fixes everything. And it's just not that simple. So, um, yeah, there's there's so much more. We'll have to definitely have you back on the show, Kira. This conversation is so fascinating, and I love learning more about um, skin. And yeah, we'll definitely have to keep this conversation going. Uh, but I want to be respectful of your time and uh, everybody listening. Of course, I hope you got a lot out of this episode. Um, if people want to come and learn more about what you're doing, Kira, and and find more out about you and maybe how they can work with you, where can everybody find you? Yeah. So, admittedly, I'm not um, as consistent, active, active on a uh, social, but Instagram, um, at Dr. Kira Barr, my website, drkirabar.com. And there's actually, um, a, a free quiz that I put together, your skincare quiz.com of really asking the question, does your skincare routine need to make over? And after this conversation, you know, that I'm not talking about what serum cleanser or toner that you need to use. It's kind of like what, what in your routine might need an upgrade in terms of how you see yourself, the way you speak about yourself, all of those things. So that's a great resource. Yeah, that's incredible. I'll make sure all the links are in the show notes below so you don't have to memorize that, everyone. <laughs> Just check out the, the notes below. Thank you so much, Kira, for, for being here. I've loved this conversation. Do you have any final pieces that you feel you want to sh- share with everybody before we wrap it up? Yeah, I think, you know, as best we can, just turn, tune out the noise. Your skin is uh, an amazing ally and it's an asset and it's a source of information and an invitation to get to know yourself better. And it's not something to be covered up or fixed. You aren't broken. There's nothing wrong. Um, and yeah, that, that would be it. Maybe my goal for everyone is to shift the way we think about our skin and redefine what skincare truly is. Yeah. And you're doing that. It's so incredible. And I'm, I'm so grateful for the work that you're doing and um, all, all that I've learned from you today and will continue to learn from you, Kira. I'm, yeah, just really, really deeply grateful and Again, everyone watching, I hope that this really resonated with you and I'm excited for all of you to begin looking at your skin in a different way. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thank you for being here and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. If you're loving what we talked about today, please remember to subscribe, leave a review and share this episode with someone you love. 
And if you're ready to dive deeper into discovering your root causes and patterns that are keeping you hooked on sugar, be sure to check out our brand new free workshop series that will help you kick emotional eating for good. Find the link to download this free series and other amazing resources in the show notes below.